Hello there, friends, and welcome back for another episode of Ads for the Rest of Us. This week on the podcast, we have my friend Jenna Comparine. Jenna, I first came to know through the exercise program that I do called Camp Gladiator. So we met one another dark and early, aka the 5 a.m. hour, sweating and honestly just trying to breathe during our daily workouts. What I didn't know at the time, just given the context that we met one another in, is a little bit more about Jenna's story. And actually, when Jenna stopped coming to Camp Gladiator a little while ago, we kind of lost touch with each other. We would like one another's Instagram or Facebook posts, but that was really about it. And then just a few months ago, I saw Jenna post an update on her social media and just made note to myself of the journey that she was on and the path that she had taken and what a story it was that she had to share. And so she was a natural fit to have here on the podcast today. And I'm excited for each of you to get to meet her and hear a little bit more about who she is, the journey that she's on, and what she's learning on the good days, the hard days, and everything in between. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of As for the Rest of Us. Today with me, I have Jenna Comparine. Hello, Jenna. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. Excited for everybody to get a chance to hear a little bit about your story. I did tell them in the intro how it is that we know one another and that we've known each other for a few years now, but that recently, as you have shared your story, I obviously have learned another part of who you are and so excited to spend some time today on the podcast talking a little bit about that. Well, good. I am excited to tell you a little bit more about my story and and have you get to know me outside of just what we talk about at Camp Gladiator because there you don't really get to know somebody. You just show up, work out, leave. And that's the end of it. So it's cool to have you, Katie, do this platform so that you can get to know everybody that you interact with on a daily basis. Absolutely. Well, Jenna, as I mentioned to you, to give the audience a little bit of a chance to get to know you, maybe in some of the informal ways that I know you, kind of catch up to speed of who is Jenna, I like to do some warm-up questions before we get into the the meat of your story. So the first question I want to ask you is what is the last show that you binged and loved? Oh, the last show that I binged and loved was a documentary of Nikki Jam and Daddy Yankee. It was all in Spanish on Netflix. So I had to pay close, close attention. But I recently went to Daddy Yankee's farewell tour on concert and my manager who I work with told me about the documentary and how their relationship evolved, diminished, and then came back together through Nikki Jam being an addiction and then sobriety and then being his amends. So it really hit home to my story. It was a really fun documentary to watch. I got to learn about how reggaeton came about, how Puerto Rican Spanish is totally different than the Spanish that I know. That was one of my favorite documentaries that I've watched because I just like to know about people. So give me the chance. I love that. All right. Well, you already hinted at it a little bit. So I say, let's just jump in. You shared that the documentary relates a little bit to your story and part Mm -hmm. of what it is that you are going to share here today on the podcast. So with that being said, tell the audience a little bit about who is Jenna and what about your story are you most eager to share? 
Okay, so my story, and I'll keep it brief, is I was born in Texas and then grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas, moved around a whole lot. Growing up, I didn't really have like the stability of my childhood friends. I don't really like keep in touch with a lot of people that I've interacted with throughout my educational life. And then college was a little bit tricky for me. I was one of those students that School never came easy to me. So I started out as a nursing major, failed out of nursing school. And then a year before I was supposed to graduate, changed business and really crammed in so much school within a very short amount of time because I was just ready to be done with school and check that off my to-do list in life. And then I started working as a manager at HB Grocery Store. Really realized that working retail for the rest of my life was not what I wanted to do. There's a lot of like ins and outs that you have to abide by and a lot of ethical morale things that I did not want to have to participate in. So my sister's old boss came to my sister's baby shower in 2013 and knew that I was looking to get into the corporate world. So packed my life up in a month from Austin and moved to DFW and started in the corporate world. Throughout my childhood, like you'll get to understand why it makes sense. So I am Mexican Italian and I really thrive on that. I always like prided myself as a child and all throughout my life, like being able to handle my alcohol. Mexican Italians are supposed to be able to handle their alcohol. And even as a kid, like I would be given like little glasses of wine here and there for like holidays. That was just part of like my growing up and being like part of the family. So I grew up being surrounded around alcohol. So pivot towards nowadays. What really makes me who I am is that I am an alcoholic. I am okay talking about it. I am okay being my person. What really escalated me into being the person who I am today is getting in the corporate world. It's a dangerous world once you get into the corporate world and it's free for you when you go to meetings and it just escalated. And so life, I wouldn't say was easy, but it wasn't hard. Once I got in the corporate world, I had a lot of job layoffs because of downsizing. I got laid off during COVID. And that really is what escalated who I am and my like my alcoholism. You become lonely. So you turn to things that can take you out of your funk and the way that you're feeling. And I decided on October 1st to become sober and really Mm -hmm. live a new life. I was tired of living the poor, lonely, pitiful Jenna life and decided to make a change. I no longer am like a slave to what I was in the past. Um, I am a new person and I embrace life. I get to going to concerts is one of my big things. I love going to concerts. So I've been to a lot of concerts sober and I actually remember them. I'm a big college football fan. So I've had the best season this year. TCU go frogs, but I've had the best experience in college football this season, being present, being really like active and being able to talk and have conversations about college football, because I actually care to be present in everyday life. My relationships with my family are 10 times better. I actually have friends that actually care. I had one person as a friend going into sobriety. She's a normie as we call it. Mm. And she stuck with me through thick and thin. But also 
what I didn't have were a ton of friends, but now in sobriety, I have way more friends than I ever thought of because I actually am present. I can be a good friend. I can show up. I can live life now and not live life on the the bottles terms. And I can go on trips. I've gone to Miami sober. I've gone to New Orleans and have had fun. I went to Phoenix, Arizona to the Fiesta Bowl. I went to the national championship. Like I've been able to do things that I didn't think were possible and be able to enjoy them. What I appreciate now is that I do a two-day social media fast. I, um, on Sundays, I don't get on social media because I like to get ready for the week and be present with family. And then on Wednesdays, I don't get on social media. I give myself one day a weekend and one day a week not to do social media because, you know, it's helped me as a better person. I don't live life on other people's terms now. I live life on what I want to see on social media. So um, so mm-hmm. that's a little bit about me and who Jenna Comparine is. Yes, I love that. Well, thank you so much, first of all, for just the vulnerability and the willingness to share your story, obviously, with an audience of people of who knows who. But I also just love you know, obviously the audience can't see this, but I have the pleasure of doing it, which is just watching your face light up as you talk about, you know, the things you're getting to experience in life now or the ahas that you're having or, you know, the joy that comes in getting off social media two days a week and really just listening to Jenna and what Jenna wants to do or what Jenna thinks. So thank you so much for that wonderful introduction to yourself. You hinted at this a little bit, but would love to hear you talk more about it, which is just now that you are on your sobriety journey, what do you know now that you didn't know prior to being sober? Oh, that's a loaded question. So what I know now is that I don't have to follow the norms of what society says is what's right and what's wrong. And it's something that I just talked about on who I am is that I was so with the keeping up with the Joneses mentality of like, I got to have this. I got to have that. I got to, got to, got to. I used to think that, oh, I have to get married. I have to have kids. I have to abide by this timeline. But you know what? God has other plans for me. I am still single at almost 35 years old. Does God have a a person in store for me? I don't know. And I really don't care because I'm enjoying living life and being free by not having to be on anybody else's timeline. Am I sad about if kids are are or not in my future? No, because I have a niece and a nephew who I love and adore to death. So my heart is full with the fact that I have kids in my life. And also I have a million and one little other cousins in this picture with my cousins having kids. So do I need to have every... Gucci purse? Do I need to have every materialistic purse? Do I need to have this? No, I'm fine with what I have. I figured out like, yes, there's things that I do really want that cost a a lot of money because they will last longer, but I'm happy with the things that I have. I, I have the family. I have the niece and the nephew. I have the friends. I have an awesome house that I rent from family. I have everything that I could ever hope and desire. When I was in my drinking days, I was living life on what society thought was great. 
and really comparing myself to others. But, you know, as well as giving up social media two times a week, it's also taught me that everybody wants to post the good and they never post the bad and the ugly because people want everybody to think your life is amazing. But, you know, I've learned that not every family is perfect. There's skeletons behind every person's doors. And so to compare myself to wanting this person's life because they get to go on all these fabulous trips, but you never know like what is going on behind closed doors. So um, what's really taught me most is to compare my life to my life and not compare what Katie's doing to my life because Katie's on her own journey Mm-hmm. And Jenna's on her own journey. So it's like comparing apples to oranges in Absolutely. life now. Yeah, I, I love so much of what you just shared. And even just thinking about the social media piece that you shared, right? Everybody shares the the fun stuff, the happy stuff, the big trip that they took. And so I think we all find ourselves needing to remind one another that the awesome trip that you see that that person took was 10 days out of a 365-day year. And so what you're not seeing is what was hard or what life was like those other 355 days. Or you see this really awesome accomplishment, which was maybe an hour out of their day, but what were the other 23 hours of their day like? I think it's so great that you are sharing that perspective and reminding yourself and reminding all of us that it's a great way to keep in touch with people. It's a great way to celebrate people, but it's not the full picture. And so it can't be what we are comparing ourselves against when we look at social media or even when we look at what someone owns or what car they drive or any of that kind of stuff, because it's just a small snippet of a much larger picture. So I love that you are in that place, that you have found that space for yourself and also that you are taking this chance to really remind all of us of the importance of doing that for our own selves. It makes me curious. It sounds like, and it seems as though you are in such a great, healthy space, but I know that you're human. And so I'm imagining that you still have harder days. What, you know, how are you still learning? What are you still growing? What are you still working through on this journey that you're on? I really appreciate you asking me this question. So sobriety is not easy. You're not going to go through all the 12 steps of what Alcoholics Anonymous puts you through, you're not going to come out amazing on the other side because it's going to dig up skeletons in your closet. It's going to dig up things. So, And also, I have gone to therapy and I still go to therapy because it's part of what I need because I still struggle with anxiety and depression. I have helped myself with it. And have given myself the tools and the tricks and everything. But the days that are hard, you see the, the people posting like mommy juice. You, all the ads coming up when you're on social media about like the drink, the this, the that, the like people taking shots for fun. So, you know, like what keeps me grounded and not saying the, oh, poor pitiful me, I can't have that drink. It's the oh, I am so excited that I don't have to turn to poison that makes me a different person to make me a happy person. Like after a hard day of work, most people usually turn to the stuff that makes them calm down, but I don't have to. Like after a hard day of work, I look and I'm like, man, I accomplished that day. Mm -hmm. And even like 
one of my best friends and is a DJ. So I go to nightclubs and I can dance the night away and be sober doing it. I don't have to have a drink to make me dance and enjoy music. I can go and do fun things and not worry about, oh, this person's going to judge me. This person is going to think that I'm weird. And like, even in the dating life, like on my profiles on dating, I say I'm sober. So, and I'm, and I tell people like, I don't mind if you drink around me because my family still drinks around me. And I do have people that I go out with that still drink around me. It doesn't bother me. I am nowhere near ever wanting to take another drink. And also part of like being in the program is about having a spiritual connection. So I know myself that I won't, won't go to places that will make me feel uncomfortable if I am not spiritually fit and have a good relationship with God or higher power, as they call it in AA. That's constantly something that I'm working on is also my spiritual life, keeping that under control. I talk to people all the time. I go to people when I'm having concerns or if anything is feeling icky in my life, because that's only going to keep me stronger. The more skeletons I keep in my closet and the more secrets I have hidden, the worse it's going to be for me. So I'm all about not having secrets. I'm not having like, if any bones are in my closet, I let them out because it's only going to make me a stronger person and be a better Jenna and be a better contributor to society and also help people along the way. My goal in life now is to spread positivity, joy, patience, tolerance, and kindness in everything. And so if I can't do that in my life, how am I going to do that to every other person's life? Well, thank you for, again, just your willingness to be honest and truthful to say, yeah, there still are hard days. And here are the tools and resources that I have learned that I can lean on to support me in those hard Mm -hmm. days, because I know I'm still going to have them. And so how can I lean into therapy? How can I lean into my community? How can I lean into my spirituality to get me through and to stay in my sobriety journey on those harder days? On my toolbox. I go, I have my toolbox every single day. And if I need something from that toolbox, I will open it up and pull out that Mm -hmm. screwdriver, that flyer to get me through the things that I might need that screwdriver for, I might need the pliers for. That's so good. I love that. And I think it's applicable to all of us, right? No matter what our circumstances are. Certainly there may be people listening today who are either also on a sobriety journey or thinking about maybe I need to be, maybe I need to walk towards sobriety. Or there may just be other people who, you know, that's not their specific journey, but these tools in their toolbox would be equally as beneficial to them where they are in their own journey. So I just appreciate you sharing that. And you hinted a little bit about the importance of people and your community and friends that you've built. And, you know, I know you have mentioned a couple of times to me, your sponsor and the importance of that role in your life. So I just am wondering who would you say, or, you know, if there's multiple people, feel free to talk about multiple people, but who really has impacted, you know, where you are today the most? So I would say my first sponsor, she's the one that got me through the steps and really worked hard at making sure that I stayed sober. 
but my current sponsor that I have now is the one that is near and dear to my heart. We meet once a week. We don't read stuff that is from AA, but we're reading this book about joy that is written by the Dalai Lama and also the Archbishop of um, South Africa. Mm -hmm. And so we're reading that together right now. She really is keeping me like on the straight and narrow with she doesn't like drama. So I have one opportunity to let my drama out and then there's no more. And it's Mm -hmm. teaching me that I don't need to be the center of drama or be amongst it. I can drop it and move on and live life joyous. And so she's been a huge beneficial person. She's a cute British lady from England that got sober in California. So her little British humorisms come out (laughs) and she's just, she's one of my good friends as well. Another person that's been significant on this journey is one of my good friends, Taylor. She is the person who I've gone to for a lot, a lot of stuff. She's just is one to not co-sign on my BS. So mm-hmm. if I'm going through something, she's going to say, well, what is it that you need to do to fix it? She'll come to me too. And I'll give suggestions that she's given me and give it right back to her and be like, well, you say this. So her and I are both like really cohesive together because we both have ADHD. So we relate to each other and we just mm-hmm. bounce crazy ideas off of each other. She's what makes my weird thinkings go on in my head and be able to put it in a tell her and it not be weird at all. And then also I would have to say collectively as the unit, my family, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my brother-in-law have really been a huge impact in my journey of sobriety because they have really been there for me, have supported me throughout this entire journey. And also my relationships with them are 10 times different. So Mm. they've been impactful. And then the last person that I would say is my friend, Jessica. She's my normie friend. It's really easy having her as a support system. She actually like, I've shared with her more about it. And also Mm. I've walked through a lot of her journey. We're there for each other and also a good support system for each other. So I have a lot of people that mean a lot to me. I'm going to leave a lot of people out, but those are the main ones that I like think are my rock. Yeah. And one of the things that stands out to me is that some of them you have known a short period of time. Some of them, your family, obviously you have known literally your entire life. And so it just is evidence that community and support can show up in a variety of different ways, in different capacities, people related to people we've known for a long time, people we've known a short while, people who randomly ended up in our path, but become a significant part of our story. Well, and it's funny because I joke with Taylor all the time when I met her. She was this blonde Barbie doll. And I was like, oh my God, I'm intimidated by her. She's too popular for me. But you know Mm -hmm. what? Like getting to know her, she has her own stuff. Mm -hmm. So people that are listening to this, the popular person might not have all their stuff together all the time. Mm -hmm. So don't judge a book by its cover is what I've learned through being friends with Taylor because I was so afraid to approach her, so afraid to even be friends with her. But, you know, she's become my best friend. That's amazing. 
All right, Jenna. Well, I have one last question that is top of mind for me. Let's go back 10 years ago, right? So you said you're almost 35. So what would 25-year-old Jenna be most surprised by in your life today? And then what would she think, oh, yeah, of course that's the case. Like what would 25-year-old Jenna expect to be the case in your life today? Oh, that's a hard one. So (laughs) 25-year-old Jenna would be very, very impressed with how 35-year-old Jenna has fought for things in life. I got laid off from jobs. I quickly worked hard. I never let poor pitiful me get in the way. 25-year-old Jenna would have said, you got a long road ahead of you, but we'll make it through. It's not going to be an easy journey, but it's going to be the most rewarding journey of your life. And God has got to be priority. I let my relationship with God slip at 25 years old. So looking back now, 25-year-old Jenna would have had my spiritual life more intact to play, to help me get through the journey that was going to happen in 10 years. 10 more years. I would say that 25-year-old Jenna would be proud of 35-year-old Jenna now. Good. I was hoping that was along the lines of what you were going to say. Because similar to what we talked about with social media, I think the same is true of ourselves, which is to say that we don't often step back to look at the bigger picture. We're so focused on the granular of what's happening in this moment or this week or this month or even this year of our lives that we don't always step back to think, man, how far I've come in 10 years. And I may not have chosen the journey that I went through in some ways in those 10 years, but what I wouldn't change is who I am on the other side of it. And I Mm -hmm. think we don't often pause long enough in our own lives to stop and do that. I think sometimes we can recognize that in the lives of other people, but it's harder to stop and recognize that in our own lives. I just am thrilled to hear you say, I think 25-year-old Jenna would be very proud of 35-year-old Jenna, and I think she should. And I certainly hope 35-year-old Jenna is proud of herself because, like I said, you know, I've always enjoyed being around you, even if it was just, you know, small snippets of trying to breathe and high-fiving each other at CG. But what I love is that, you know, truly every question that I've asked you, your face has just lit up. It's just so obvious in your answers, as well as just even in your facial expressions, how on fire and alive in life you are and that you really aren't, you know, as cliche as it sounds, taking days for granted and really are making the most of things. So I think 25-year-old Jenna would be and should be very proud of that. Well, the one thing that I have learned is I never wish to regret anything that I did in life. Everything that I have done and that I will do is a learning thing for me. I don't regret anything from my past because it's only made me a stronger person for who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we live a life where we're where we live a lot of regrets for like things that should have, could have, would have happened. Mm-hmm. But you know. Yeah. God hasn't a plan for you for what you are going through right now. So you can't regret the things that your spiritual life or whatever has put Mm -hmm. in your way 
because it's made you who you are. Well, on that note, I mean, there's nothing else I can say to end this conversation. So I will just leave it at that. And thank you for coming on, for sharing your story and just being such a genuine light in the world and spending a little bit of time today with me sharing it here on the podcast. You're very welcome. And thank you so much, Katie, for having me come on and share my story. And hopefully I can be an inspiration for anyone. Katie has my Instagram handle. DM me, PM me, whatever you call it. If you need somebody to talk to, I'm here. I love helping others and being of service to others. So feel free to message me if you want to. Awesome. I love that. Thank you, Jenna. All right, everybody. Well, that is it. We will see you back here next week for another episode of As for the Rest of Us.